Hi, I'm Gerd Hundle, acclaimed health journalist, turned motivational speaker, and transformational coach. This show is for anyone who wants to lead a happier, healthier, and inspired life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can become a soul warrior. Hello and welcome to another show of Get Inspired with Gertz. I'm your host and today I have a special guest with me who is helping people to take back their power. Ruby Freeman is a top breakthrough coach and is on a mission to support men and women on their path to absolute empowerment and guide them to ignite their inner power. She has personally transformed her own life around from addiction, depression, anxiety and toxic relationships and she understands what it takes to transition from breakdowns to breakthroughs. Ruby, it's an absolute pleasure having you on my show and thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honoured to be here. Bless you. My dear, I absolutely just, I'm blown away by your story. I know there's, there's so much more about it, but I was thinking it would be a great thing if you could let the listeners know what your life was like before you became a top breakthrough coach. Yeah, my life prior to, to what it is now was really self-destructive. It was very, very toxic. Um, I was addicted to drugs and alcohol. I was in a series of emotionally and verbal, verbally abusive relationships. All my friendships, most of my friendships were very toxic. And um, I just felt incredibly alone and helpless and hopeless and as though there was nothing better for me. You know, it's like I lived in this this abyss of just negativity and couldn't find my way out, nor did I even believe that it was possible to get out. Wow. Definitely relate with you on that, especially when you're in that kind of mindset. You don't know what to do. It's just, why me? Why me? But never really look at the solution. Exactly. You know, we're so focused on and fixated on the problems that we, we can't fathom a solution, you know, and, and part of that is just our internal belief system is not believing that a, there's, there is a solution or B, that there's a solution that we can create. So what was the turning point for you? For me, it was uh, in 2012, I had just ended a, the most um, destructive relationship that I had ever been in. It was a four and a half year relationship. And I ended it because um, it had finally become undeniable the amount of um, just manipulation and infidelity that was actually happening. Like I actually had the proof and it was funny because throughout the relationship, I knew some, I knew it wasn't right. I knew something was going on, but I chose to stay. And then it just, it came to a point where it was undeniable, you know, and it was very much in my face and I chose to walk away. And that was very hard yet extremely liberating at the same time and when I found myself in that moment it was it was hard I was I was heartbroken and I had been a stepmother in that relationship as well for four and a half years so in ending that relationship I also ended my relationship with those kids very abruptly Mm -hmm. and um I just felt that sense of hopelessness again like here I am again 
you know, like, why do these things keep happening to me? And I remember hitting the floor and crying uh, by myself in my apartment. And as I was just singing that, that familiar song, you know, like the why me, that was when I experienced a realization for the first time in my life. It was like, well, these things keep happening to me, you know, like these things continue to happen. It's a pattern in my life, but I was the only common denominator. And so it was in that moment that I was able to like, look at myself with a fresh pair of eyes and be like, okay, well, what role have I played in this? You know, it's, maybe it's not that these things keep happening to me. Maybe I keep attracting them. Maybe I keep choosing them. And through that discovery, I realized that Yes, indeed, I was choosing these things, I was choosing these people, I was choosing this lifestyle because that's what I thought I was worthy of living and experiencing. And it was that um, that epiphany that really led me to begin cultivating a deeper, more loving relationship with myself, and that was 2012. Wow, I just had a tear in my eyes you were telling <laughs> that. Gosh, yeah, I totally relate with where you're coming from and what you're saying. When you're in that moment, you just you don't know what to do and you'll have all this emotion and actually it's it's us that needs to look from within uh-huh. and realize that we need to love ourselves more and that the situation that we've been in is actually reflecting what's happening within yes exactly and, and if we are able to see that reflection i mean i think for many of us it's it's tough in the beginning because it's asking a lot of yourself. It's it's asking yourself to take responsibility and take ownership, and that's hard, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're not where you want to be or you're in a very negative place. To say, "Wow, I did this," that takes a lot of courage. Um, so for me, it was a very powerful moment, and I'm not going to say that life became perfect right after that because it it didn't. You know, for the next year. Um, or especially the next six months, it was extremely tumultuous. I um, would was incorporating healthier habits and getting rid of um, a lot of toxic people, but at the same time, I was indulging in my toxic behavior some more. I was leaning on drugs and alcohol to really cope with everything that was going on, um, but then I would go to yoga, and then I would go out again, and so it was really up and down for the first six months, and... Um, I hovered at rock bottom for a while, and it wasn't until the end of that year I had found myself at an after-hours club that I always frequented, and I was high on drugs, and I fainted, and I hit the concrete head first, and I remember waking up, and there was just flashlights in my face, um, people all around me. And I felt like my entire body was paralyzed and I freaked out because I couldn't move. I couldn't move anything. And then slowly after what felt like a long time, but was probably only a couple minutes, I started to gain movement again. And I didn't go to the hospital. I didn't get checked out right away because I was scared. I didn't want them to find the drugs in my system. Um, But when I did get checked out, you know, I had a concussion and followed by post-concussion syndrome, which is when your concussion symptoms last for much longer. So mine lasted about um, about eight weeks. And what they also found was that I had nerve damage in my brain. And in addition to that, I had slipped into a manic depressive state. And manic depression is, is basically when you can't really 
string two words together. Um, so here I was, unable to work, locked up in my apartment. And I couldn't communicate. Um, I was just crying. Uh, they finally put me on the right medication, uh, nerve medication, to heal my brain. And that's when things be- started to become clear. And that's when I, it was like, I think it was about seven months after I had hit that place of rock bottom that I was coming out of this concussion and I realized like, wow, that was the universe knocking me off my feet to really prove a point. And if I don't listen now, when am I going to listen? And, um, the medication I was on forced me to be sober for a little bit while I was on the medication. And that's also sort of during the time when I started dating my now husband. And so life really began to take a turn for the better and I realized the potential of what could be versus what was and the possibility of what could be that intrigued me and for once in my life I saw that it was a possibility and that possibility was what pulled me in and pulled me out of you know my darker habits and so I've just been on this journey full throttle and really I just have the only reason I look back is just to reflect you know, I'm. This is just coming from an another woman to another woman. Like, it takes a lot of guts to get yourself out of addiction. I used to work in a pharmacy, and we used to have a lot of people who were who were addicted to drugs. And it, it takes so much guts. Like, even if you're getting support from like the system or from doctors, it's actually you've got to really, really push yourself because I've seen many that have been stuck on like we call it methadone in the UK, uh-huh. and the fact that you got you overcome it like wow that's that's an amazing achievement thank you yeah it's it's hard but for me what made all the difference is that I was really ready I was really really ready to get sober um I was really ready to experience something different and once I began experiencing how life how good life could feel I didn't want to go back you know and it's just, it's something that I don't, like, I never doubt myself in that regard. Like, I don't believe I will ever go back to my addictions ever because my life is far too awesome for me to ever want to go back there. And so <laughs> for me, the key to healing addiction for anyone is it's so much more than just the, you know, the wish to get sober. It's really wanting to make it happen and doing whatever it takes to make it happen, but also changing your environment and your relationships so that they, those things support the happier, healthier life that you are trying to create. Because if you try and get sober, but you keep the same negative environments or negative influences around you, there is no way in hell you're going to get sober. Absolutely. I definitely relate with yourself because actually I changed my life around in 2012, which is so bizarre. And on that journey, um, I had to change my friendship circle because that time the people that I was around was actually draining me and I had to come out of it to make those realizations. And when Uh I surrounded myself with people who were from a loving, spiritual, free kind of lifestyle, that's when everything changed. My perception changed. I realized that I wasn't a bad person. Was that kind of similar with yourself? Yeah, I, and I think it, it happens that way because we're too, you know, it's, it's like noise pollution. There's too much going on around us that we don't see the truth of, of what really is. And so when we start to 
take that noise out, we begin to see things so differently. You know, we begin to feel things differently. We begin to experience life differently. We begin to tap into what our true potential really is. And it's just so empowering to be in that space. So you went on this journey, you did the inner work, you did the clearing, and now you're the founder of the Self Love Tribe. So Uh could could you tell um, the listeners how you're helping people to empower themselves through this? Definitely. So um, in my coaching practice, these are paid relationships, right? You pay first coaching services, but I wanted to create a community that was like a give back platform for me because I believe very much in service and the self-love tribe was that place. I think there's a lot of communities, online organizations out there that help with um, all sorts of things like mental illness, depression, anxiety, um, suicide, all those things, but I wanted to create something that was focused on helping people amplify self-love, like helping them boost it and really be focused on that journey. So the Self-Love Tribe is a free online community, and I host it on Facebook, and you can join. If you have a desire to really work on your relationship with yourself, you're welcome there. The things that I don't tolerate in the group are negativity. This isn't a place to just... um, bash or judge people or dump you know negativity it's really a place to seek support not just from myself from the other members so as a member of the self-love tribe one of your responsibilities is to support other people in the tribe Um, it's a community where there is absolutely no judgment everyone is welcome Um, it's a community where you can seek guidance support coaching friendship, you know, all of those things that a lot of people are seeking but don't know where to look. So I think for for many people, when at least for me, when I was on this journey and I started getting rid of the negative influences in my life, changing my friendships around, there was a point in time when things got really lonely and it was like that in-between stage, realizing like, okay, I'm moving away from this life, I'm going into this life, my old friends don't really understand it or get me, I, I feel really alone, I can't find people to connect with because, you know, for the first time in my life, I'm actually learning to be myself and I don't know who my friends are anymore. So I know there's a lot of people out there who have the similar experiences. The self-love tribe is a place where you can find those people and find your tribe and find people who really get you and will love you and support you for who you are. So what kind of responses have you received since setting it up? Incredible responses. I mean, I get responses, anything from like, you've completely changed my life to, you know, thank you for being a daily motivation, to people, like, actually creating friendships within the tribe, which is always so awesome to see. I love seeing people connect. Um, I've seen people uh, learn how to practice vulnerability and sharing because they know that this is a space that is free of judgment. So I just, I love that online space and I love being in it and I love seeing this side of people because I believe that everyone has this beautiful side to them and this desire to grow and to expand. So I just want this community to always be a place that honors that. I love the bit what you said about vulnerability. I feel that a lot of people don't realize that vulnerability is so powerful. A lot of the times in like the world that we live in, it's kind of seen as a weakness but really, uh-huh. it makes you who you are. It makes you quite strong. What's 
Yeah, I actually, it was funny because I just did a Facebook Live on this last week, and (laughs) um, vulnerability is where we find our strength, right? Mm -hmm. Because if we aren't vulnerable, what we're doing is we're denying our truth. We're rejecting our truth. We're not sharing what is real to us, and that's not okay. I mean, this is how we play small. This is how we dim our light. This is how we give away our power and render ourselves powerless. So vulnerability is being able to speak about what it is that you're going through, share those experiences. And if there's one thing I've learned, I mean, the whole reason I got into this business of coaching, the whole reason, while I was at rock bottom in that place um, in 2012, I decided to hold myself accountable and I started a Tumblr blog. And I wanted to remain anonymous for a little bit because I was well-known on social media as someone in the nightlife industry. So I created a Tumblr blog, and I would just write my feelings out every day. I would just write. I mean, a lot of times it was negative. Sometimes it was positive. It was just me talking about what I was going through. And slowly but surely, people started reading it. And I got so many responses that I chose to make it public on, on other social media platforms and, and share with people. And that opened my eyes to the power of vulnerability. People that I never expected, people were reaching out to me, um, sharing their stories with me, choosing to share their stories with me because I had opened that gate. You know, I had made it okay for us to share. And feeling people feeling super grateful that I had given them that you know, unsaid permission to do the same. And that was what sparked me into this journey of becoming a coach. So vulnerability has, I have a strong connection to it because this is the thing that's helped me grow. This is the thing that's helped me expand. This is the thing that has helped me connect authentically to other people. And everyone has a story. Our stories become toxic when we hold them in. So being vulnerable and sharing what's really real for us is actually very empowering. And this is where real growth takes place is in our most vulnerable moments. Wow. Do you know what? That's, it was so interesting when you said that you wrote your feelings down. I've, I've noticed that, you know, writing anything down with pen to paper or typing it, it's so therapeutic. I actually healed my first part of my life was actually writing my story out it took me gosh seven hours I wrote 30 pages and that was the realization of where I was hurting myself and how it stemmed from my child up up to my life at that moment in time and also kind of similar like yourself I started to write quotes but I was so scared to share them I don't even I didn't even know where they were coming from and I remember when I first shared with my quote on social media I was so scared like and when I shared it I got the most amazing response and it just shows that we're all human, like we we are, we can help one another, but we've got to get into that zone and just, just express ourselves and help others to do exactly the same. Yes, definitely. I mean, we're, we all influence each other. We all inspire each other. We can all raise each other up and bring each other down. So why not focus on raising each other up? Absolutely. And there's, I feel especially in the world that we live today, there's so much thrown on social media and there's so many quick judgments, but we're not loving each other yeah I know and it's it's crazy right because but that's because we're on the other side of it and I think for those who are not on this side of it there's this discomfort with 
with the sharing, with the being vulnerable, with the being open, with the real connection, because there are fears, right? So if you think back to before you were who you are today, I'm sure that for you there was there were fears associated with opening up. You know, the number one fear is like fear of what will people think? Um, will people judge me? Will people still accept me? Will people like me? So one of our, our biggest human needs is the need to, to feel accepted. And so that's why it can feel so scary to be vulnerable. But once you realize the, the potential that real human connection has, I mean, you'll never look back. It's just so powerful. Absolutely. I guess it's like being a child, you know, when a child's born, they're so full of love and innocence and suddenly the world just changes us and the, <laughs> the surroundings yeah. around us, we pick up, absorb other people's energies and suddenly we don't even know who we are anymore. Yes, exactly. I mean, we lose sight of that. And at some point in time, you're going to look in the mirror and be like, who, who am I? And that's when m- many people decide to start over or start a new chapter. Absolutely. You obviously went on this journey um, after you broke up with your ex. Um, and I wanted to ask you, can you tell us how you overcame that toxic relationship? I know you were saying that you went off the rails for a little bit. Um, but what? how did you overcome that kind of feeling of that relationship? Yeah, so I think there's so many people that deal with their toxic relationships in silence because there is shame associated with it. You know, you feel ashamed to be with someone who treats you so poorly. You feel ashamed to continue to put yourself in that sort of situation. Um, And so keeping quiet about it doesn't help. And that's what keeps us stuck in it. So when I came out, um, it's not that I started sharing about that right away. But it was about finding people that I could confide in um, who would accept me and not make me feel scared to share openly. So finding that those safe people to share with and to um, support me as I went through this healing journey, because let's face it, it's hard to do it on your own. So to find those safe spaces within people, within your tribe, within your family, whoever it is, but to find those spaces. So reaching out for support is number one, because the last thing you the first thing you want to do is isolate, but that's also the last thing you should do. So you want to try hard not to isolate. You want to surround yourself with supportive people. Um, and then you just, you want to turn it inwards. Cause a lot of times for those of us who are in cycles of toxic relationships, what we do best is we bounce from relationship to relationship because we have a fear of being alone because a lot of times our relationships are toxic. Most, I mean, all the time. When our relationships are toxic, it's due to some sort of um, form of low self-love, low self-worth, low self-respect. And so when you're in that position, you tend to bounce from relationship to relationship because you're trying to fill a hole. You're trying to fill a gap in your heart that's not going to be fulfilled, quite frankly, by other people. Mm. So the primary focus is you. You need to focus on you. You need to focus on what you can do to grow from here. So getting clear on how you want to feel, you know, rather than dwelling in in the sadness or the misery that you're feeling in that moment, focus on how you do want to feel and then ask yourself what you need to do to to achieve that in your life. 
um, getting to know yourself maybe for the first time. So connecting to yourself on a really, really deep level, almost like dating yourself, right? So (laughs) when you date other people, what we normally do is we get to know who they are, what they value, what they like, what they don't like. Well, it's time for you to do the same for yourself. So taking that time to get to know yourself, taking that time to fulfill your needs, to recognize your needs and fulfill them, taking that time to do things that make you feel good. That is so important. And then again, like surrounding yourself with the right people. I couldn't have done it if I had chosen to keep the same group of friends. I could not have done it. You know, I chose to be super vulnerable and open up to a different group of friends who didn't really know that side of me. And I was so happy I did. Those These people are still super close to me and they'll always have a very deep spot in my heart. But these were the people that helped me out, not by actually physically doing anything, but just by being there and listening to me. So... My advice for anyone going through this and and you're coming out of that relationship, number one, surround yourself with people who support you and really want the best for you. And then number two is just start living life for you and getting to know yourself and cultivating a deep relationship with you and um, keep your focus on that. Don't dive into any other relationships. Just keep the focus on you. Do you know what? I don't know if you found this as well, but when you were on your journey, the friends that you had before, when you started to make the change, they started to say, you're not the same person anymore. And it was almost kind of a way of them trying to manipulate you back to being your old self. Yeah, I've heard of a lot of people going through this. I didn't. And here's the reason why. is because <laughs> my friendship circle were people who, you know, maybe to this day they don't admit it, but they're addicts. You know, these were my party friends, people that I did drugs with, um, people that I went on party binges with. And for a long time, I thought that these were my best friends. And when you're an addict, your number one, uh, your primary concern is to get more, you know, to get more drugs, to get more high. And so you don't really care about people. Um, When you're in it, you think you care about all your friends who are partying with you, but you don't. So when I left, sure, there were people who would ask me if I was out, you know, why aren't you drinking? Why aren't you doing this? And I would have to explain to them. But I never felt like anyone was trying to drag me back because they were just selfishly um, tending to their own addictions. I see what you mean. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. It was it was hard enough just getting out of there. So, of course, yeah. you wouldn't go right back and right. surrounded by them. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. See, for me, it was the difference. Um, in a way, I had some close friends there. And I, I decided to quit drinking in 2012. And I used to drink a lot back then. And a friend of mine, one, we were out one night. And they were shocked that I wasn't drinking. And a friend of mine tried to put a glass down my throat. Mm. that's when I realized I can't be around these types of people because they're just not going to allow me to just be me. Right. Yeah. And they, they, they want you to be part of what they consider fun, but that's not, that's not your life anymore. So that's why, I mean, that furthers the point, like it's so important to surround yourself with different people. Absolutely. I guess it also links to your self-respect that you realize mm-hmm. that you're not going to stand up for this BS anymore. <laughs> exactly. So my dear, we're coming towards the end of the show. It's gone so quickly. I've got two last questions for you. 
So the first question is, what are your five top tips for someone who's lacking self-worth? So top five tips, and um, I'm doing this off the cuff. So number one, (laughs) my number one rule is ownership. So you have to take ownership for your life. That's the number one thing. Because to try and boost your self-worth while still playing the victim, it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. So you need to get out of victim mode and into um, a a place of of taking back your power. And that can only happen when you start to take ownership of your life. So take ownership. Um, Number two is honor your needs. So when you're in that place of low self-worth, what do we tend to do? We tend to take care of other people, prioritize other people's needs over us, prioritize other, everything basically over ourselves. So this is a good time for you to start honoring your needs, honor what's important to you, take care of you. Um, and number three would be to stay committed to the journey. And what I mean by that is if you are in a place of low self-worth and you're looking to boost it, you need to be 150% committed to the journey, to doing so. This isn't something that you kind of just have to. It's not something that you test out. It's not something that requires minimal effort. It's going to take a lot of your effort because basically you're trying to reprogram your mindset and that's hard. Mm -hmm. And if you're committed, that's what's going to take you through till the end. So be committed. Um, The fourth thing is, let's see. The fourth thing would be to go all in. So doing, I talk about this a lot, doing whatever it takes, doing whatever it takes to make yourself feel better, doing whatever it takes to boost your self-worth, doing whatever it takes to make yourself feel loved, doing whatever it takes. And then the last thing would be to surround yourself with the right people. So find your tribe, find a tribe of people that really support this vision that you have for yourself versus like who you used to be people who see you for all that you are and all that you want to be and support you through the journey because your tribe I mean these are the people that are going to to help you along the way and be there for you along the way so it's really important to have that network in place I love those five top tips and I know they're definitely going to help one of you guys out there and my dear and also the last question is what are you most grateful for I am most grateful, after talking to you right now, I'm most grateful for my journey. Um, you know, there was a time in my life when I I hated every piece of it, and it just, not, nothing made sense to me. Mm-hmm. And now when I look back, every single piece of my journey makes sense. It makes sense. It served a purpose. It has allowed me to be the woman that I am today, to be the coach that I am today, to do the work that I do today, which I'm believe and know in my heart is my purpose so I am most grateful for my journey every single bit of it my dear you're amazing and I just love you for what you do and thank you for sharing your story and just inspiring all my listeners out there to be a better version of themselves and you know that it's okay to ask for help and you can turn your life around oh thank you so much thank you for having me Wow, what an amazing interview with Ruby Freeman. If you'd like to learn more about Ruby, you can find her at www.iamru.by. So that's I-A-M-R-U.by. Or follow her online at I am Ruby. 
Just before I head off, don't forget that you can find me on Twitter at IamGerds. You can find me on Facebook, Get Inspired with Gerds, where I bring you lots of inspirational, motivational quotes and tips about life. Just before I head off, I want to leave you with this quote. What you deny or ignore, you delay. What you accept and face, you conquer. Take care and I'll see you next week. Bye.